Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Salmon Trout Steel Eater Podcast. If you missed the last one, make sure and go back to listen to the Scott Ammerman interview. Some excellent information. But I've got an exciting new podcast about something I'm very passionate about, and that is fishing rod companies that cater to the type of fishing that I do and that people do around the country. So today I have Jose Ruelas. Is that how I say your last name? Yes, sir. That's that's it. Jose, welcome to Salmon Trout Steelheader Podcast. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So Jose, here, your official title is President? President, CEO. Of Lamb of Glass Glass. Fishing Rods. So we're right here in Woodland, Washington. And, uh, you know, full disclaimer, I have worked at Lama Glass uh, in previous years, and it was a wonderful experience for me to learn so much about the fishing industry itself, but not only that, about business and innovation and all that stuff that I learned from Tom Posey, who hired me. And uh, I remember back in the day, Marlon Lefevre brought me in, and we were all hanging out, and Tom decided to give me a shot, even though I was a little shy and not sure about things. And man, it was just a fantastic experience. We got off the ground running. And one thing about Tom, rest in peace, sadly, uh, Tom passed away. Um, But one thing about Tom is he was a high energy guy. Yes, he was. Could I say that, Jose? Yes, he was. Does that sound about right? It's perfect. It is. So he always appreciated that. He liked just moving. You know, he and I would have our arguments and disagreements, and sometimes he'd you know, you know, we'd be back and forth talking about things, but we were always on the go, you know, trying to figure out something new. And, and he was also a wonderful guy to me and my family as well. So when I heard about you, Jose, first of all, I knew that you must be a high energy mover and a shaker, hard worker, because Tom was excited about working with you. And didn't he bring you on as a general manager? He did. So I was doing a bunch of like consulting with him. Yeah. Trying to make the next move. You know, Tom was a high energy, like, what's next? Yes. What's what's the next chapter? Where are we going to? So I came in uh, just nonchalant, not knowing what he really wanted, but I knew he had a big picture. Mm -hmm. And so when I came on, it was just like, hey, here's what we're going to do. This is what I want to do. How do we get there? Yeah. So he would kind of, before you were a full-fledged general manager, he'd kind of uh, give you a specific task yep. and kind of give you the big picture overview yes, sir. and then set you loose on it. Yep. And go figure it out. Yep. That's And that's how, uh, you know, on my end, it was different stuff with marketing websites, videos right. and stuff. But like with Tom and I, we'd meet in the conference room or at lunch or something yep. and we'd go over the big picture Correct. and then maybe talk a few details, um, but just getting stuff done. So what kind of early projects would those have been? Was it stuff with the blank plant or finishing or? So it was, it was a lot of like, we had a lot of issues with uh, the scrap rates and stuff. And like, oh, how, yeah. how are we going to make money, make more products without having such a high uh, scrap rate? Exactly. So my job was to come into this factory and figure out how we can reduce that. So that was my first project on mm-hmm. learning. And uh, at that point, we were like in the middle of the beginning of COVID, yes. where it really hit hard and how we were going to keep this factory open. And Tom was very determined that this company could be super more successful if we nipped it in the butt and figure out why we have such a high scrap rate. 
Exactly. And you know, that was a really good move. So for those of you that don't know, when you're building a fishing rod, you have this pre-peg material that comes on a roll and you're going to, and you can see some of this stuff online. If you search for like Lama Glass Fishing Rod Factory Tour, there's some stuff there, but you know, you're going to wrap these materials on a mandrel. And when that happens, there's all these different cuts that happen. And so every time that happens, there's going to be pieces left over that do not fit any specific pattern. Well, with Lama Glass and Tom and Jose here, they didn't want to raise prices heavily with inflation, you know, things going out of control. And so they were looking for ways to be more efficient without having to go crazy with these and, you know, this inflation. And of course, you know, costs will rise and everything. But if you think about the fishing rod, especially these domestics and stuff, for the amount of work and material that go into them, um, even though it is a little bit more of an investment, it's it's pretty incredible that these rods aren't blown out of proportion like so many other things are cost-wise. But we want to keep it so that the market for everybody, the middle, the low, and the high, mm-hmm. can still purchase these rods, have a great rod. Obviously, this company's been around for 74 years, yeah. and we, wanted to, we didn't want to ruin the brand by upping the price and people going shopping somewhere else. Yeah. And we wanted to make it right. So going back to that, uh, scrap rate is that a lot of it was material, like you said, mm-hmm. and tacking points, re-figuring everything out with our people that are back there mm-hmm. that are laying up and all that. And it's all about like, are they spending the right time to tack it the right way so we don't have a blown out tack or a yeah. blown out solophane. And that's also part of the scrap rate. We were trying to hurry to get it done mm-hmm. and hurrying messed it up. Exactly. And that is, see, this is an, a, a really important um, subject here that I, I I think a lot of you listeners do know this, but fishing rods is surprisingly hands-on. This is not just some crazy robotics thing. Um, even in the more mass production, you know, overseas builds, there's a lot of hands-on stuff. So you need to pay constant attention to what's going on. He talks about tacking. That's a little more technical term, but it's something that's extremely important. And that's why for any of these fishing rod companies, you know, perfection, 100% perfection is not attainable for any fishing rod company. However, paying attention to these things, having Tom bring Jose in, take a look, really get into the details, that means that more of these rods are gonna come out exactly how they were designed. Um, You know, the Lama Glass defect rate, there's thousands, perhaps millions of Lama Glass rods out there. The defective rate is extremely low, but even if it is, Jose and Tom were paying extra attention to make sure that, hey, we want every rod that comes out of here to perform as it as it was going to. And that's hard work. There's going to be times in fishing rod history where sometimes it's better than others. And, you know, that's why Tom invested so heavily in the blank plant, you know, yep. stable equipment, because, you know, there were some products coming out. Um, that weren't, they just weren't up to snuff. Not all of them were dialed in. Nope. And so paying attention to that little rate uh, is, is huge. So, so for instance, um, as you mentioned here, one of the things that you took on initially uh, was the scrap rate and making sure these rods come out exactly as they're designed to perform. Um, but then Tom moved you into more of a general manager role. Is that correct? Correct. So then I came in. He was uh, he kind of he was put into this job by his father passing, and so he was fast forward separated from his family, and so he wanted someone that can come in here and take over 
of what the everyday duties that he yeah. didn't want to deal with. Yeah. And he wanted to be more of a Tom entrepreneur, go see what he can find out, something new or whatever, right? Yeah. So he gave me the baton, be like, hey, here it is. This is what it takes. Mm-hmm. Figure it out. Yep. So fast forward, worked with him for the next two years, and I was just either shadowing him or he was shadowing me, but we were always on the same team, right? Mm-hmm. We were, Our drive was the same, is the same, and will always be the same. Yeah. Um, just because the passion that he taught me mm-hmm. and I picked up and I've learned from different anglers and just traveling all over the world, different states and stuff and seeing this, I've learned to know what I'm doing and how I'm doing it the right way. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that that drive, the passion, the, um, the hard work, the getting up early to jumping on a plane. I mean, that's all, that's all stuff that you guys were lined on. And at the same time, you know, you are a different person. And so in this stage of Lamaglass life, it, it, there, it is new in a sense. I mean, we're carrying on the baton that Dick Posey was, was working. I mean, that guy was a high energy, hard worker, although super nice and down to earth from what I hear. I never had the pleasure of meeting him. Neither did I. And I wish I could have. Yeah. I really wish I could have. Um, but you, at the same time, this is a new Lama glass. Correct. This is an era, you know, Roger Hinchcliffe is, he's vice president. Is that correct? So Roger was someone that, um, I had had some interaction with, and brought on to meet Tom, and I'm very thankful that I connected those two guys um, because you know he had that same sort of drive to just take it to the next level and move forward. And now you guys are working together on this company, which is an extremely strong, um, you know, president and vice president. The two of you working together is incredible. So after Tom passed, you guys took on the company. Now going back. A little bit, um, perhaps before even the consulting and all that. Can you just tell me about kind of like who you are as a person when it comes to any type of work? I know you've been in a lot of different industries. And I mean, when you get up in the morning, what are you focused on? So I so I've been in the I came out. I was from the Bay Area and I came here 17 years ago. I'm a family man. I got two kids, Mm -hmm. a daughter who's 28 and my son who's 16 play sports Met Tom as I was building his house and his mom's house when they came from Bellevue and his mom was here in mm-hmm. Vancouver. Tom, Dick Posey died. Tom was traveling back and forth and I got the opportunity to build his house. And then he had a drive that, you know, like he was going to be just like his dad. Yeah. And so I think about it the same way. Like, how am I going to be like Tom was? Mm-hmm. So that drive, and you know him, he mm-hmm. had the drive that. It was one or nothing. Yes. And so I figured the best way to do that is to find the right partner, which is Roger Hinchcliffe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that being said, he's on the road. I'm on the road. We're on the road together trying to make it a better company. Mm-hmm. When I say better, I want to go back to where it was. Mm-hmm. Stuff that Dick Posey did. Yeah. So as I sit here talking to you, behind you, there's a uh, file cabinet that has a journal's. Yeah. of Dick Posey and one day I opened it up mm-hmm. and I was able to see what he did mm-hmm. and that just gave me a bigger drive yeah Tom actually showed me did that at one point um, so he he took pretty detailed notes yes. and then he was just constantly on the road and he was the guy you know he didn't just 
show up two no. days late and say, hey, I hope you guys got this taken care Absolutely of and go not. off to the hotel or whatever. <laughs> he was there setting up yeah. the, the booth. He was doing everything. He was meeting with everybody, yes. flying around, come back. Um, of course, Mary is an absolute sweetheart. And if you guys get a chance, go back and listen to Tom Posey's uh, podcast. I'm so glad I have some of those. Also, Mary Posey's podcast about Eric Clapton. That's a really interesting one. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with Jose Ruelas from Lama Glass. Everybody, Sam and Trout Steel Adder has some exciting new developments in the digital world, and I would highly encourage you to go to samandtroutsteelheader.com if you're a current subscriber to the magazine. Get in touch with them so you can get the digital magazine delivered to you as well. It, um, it is all viewable beautifully on a phone or a computer, and it also will read the articles to you if you like. Anyway, back to the podcast with Jose here. So, Jose, uh, we kind of went over some of these things. I want to talk about the fact that Lama Glass, when I had started with Lama Glass, mm-hmm. um, we had kind of retreated back into the Northwest mostly. Correct. And the other markets were not as strong. There was the Northeast market where Lama Glass GSB had been such a standby. But after a while, these these rods hadn't been updated as much. The Great Lakes, you know, there was hardly anything going on there. And uh, Tom and I really wanted to expand back out into what Dick thought of as a national or even international company. Correct. So one of the things that I've seen from you being president is really going forward with that. Um, obviously, you're building some great rods for the Northwest, doing all that. It's strong there. I love some of these new models that are coming out. But can you tell me about where you've been on the road in these other fisheries, these other states and areas? Tell tell us a little bit about that. So, you know, going back to like the East Coast, Midwest. So Roger's from the Midwest, Michigan, Detroit, Michigan area. And so he's in there, you know, trying to get in for the all the steelhead and mm-hmm. salmon stuff walleye walleye is very yep. strong yeah so he does that and he does a lot of pan fishing mm-hmm. and it's a lot of uh different fish that you can go out there um but anyways so i decided one day that uh i was going to jump on a plane and head to florida mm-hmm. and see what florida is all about and so yeah. I rented a car i was with this guy named ryan dunlap and uh we said okay we're going to hit as many stores as we can talk to the people, get the information. And it was just like a sponge. I wanted to know, wanted to hear what they're looking for. Yes. So we knew the GSBs were there Mm -hmm. uh, because they've been around forever. Which, by the way, guys, is an incredible surf fishing blank. And some of the guys around here have used them as a plunking rod. But for these striper fishermen, oh, my goodness. They are bananas over them, and they've been around for decades. And we also did some work redesigning and made the old-school GSB and all that. Anyway, keep going. So Sorry. that came back. So we decided that we were going to come back with the old school GSB. So that was the start. Yeah. But the problem was that these old school come in a one piece. Mm-hmm. So just because of like, I did a lot of research and development. I'm trying to have figure out how we can uh, ship stuff across the states into oh, different areas. It's so brutal. It's brutal, right? Yeah. So UPS doesn't want to do it. FedEx doesn't want to do it. Nothing under, under, under. Nothing over eight foot, and it has to be just under eight foot. Yeah, like seven ten. Seven ten, yeah. seven eleven, whatever, mm-hmm. right? And so, I th- one day I just brainstormed. I was on a plane. And I said, "What if we just did cargo shipping?" 
Really? Yeah. So then I went and I went to Alaska and I said, hey, listen, I own a fishing rod business. I would need to get these rods to the East Coast. Yeah. How do I do it? He says, travel like humans. I said, what does that mean? He says, we'll ship them underneath cargo. It's going to cost you this much money. It doesn't matter if it's a box or one. Really? And it's got to be an international airport. So I started calling these stores that I was on a road trip with. I said, what if I got you these rods delivered to the airport? Can you get a service truck to pick them up? Yes, we would love that. So two years ago, mm-hmm. I started doing that. People started getting wind of it. Hey, I heard you dropped off for this person. Can I yeah. get it? Hey, I heard you dropped off for that person. I want to be in on it. Long story short, we started seeing our GSBs, super serves, uh, night shifts, all climbing in value yeah. of shipping out. So we would we had we got a different we bought a, another car that we can use to transfer stuff to the airport. Mm-hmm. We have Kitty in the back who's been there for thirty years. She did oh, all the shipping. Oh, I love Kitty! Oh, Shout amazing. out Kitty! Yes, sir. And so she said, "Hey, I'll be lo- I'd love to box these up and get them to you so that you can ship them down to cargo, and cargo ships them to JFK, um, Oguera, or yeah. go to uh, Boston, any wherever store is looking from." So with that being said, I'd be like, hey, would you guys like to add to your shipping, since you're already paying once, why don't you load the box? Yeah. So people are like, really? And I said, yeah, you're already paying one time. Yeah. Load the box up. And so people were like, okay, we're gonna load the box up. So we make these big shipments, they're gone. I said, I send them the uh, tracking number and all of a sudden they're like, hey, I'm here at the airport, I got my order. Yeah. And they're super stoked, right? So happy customer few weeks down the road they're like hey can we do it again yeah and so it got to the point where we're just like man i can't be on the road i got to get somebody from my office to be able to do this because yeah. we've never had this dick never had it tom never had it so that opened up a whole different avenue so then i started heading to the midwest mm-hmm. i went to the south same thing over and over introducing new rods then i got roger to do it introducing new rods introducing bigger orders and so just by visiting and telling people there's other ways to get product to them. Yeah. Because people don't want to pay that. They just think it's too much money. Oh, it's, But if you can combine it in one, in multiple boxes, one box, two boxes, 50 yeah. boxes, they're going to buy more. Oh, totally. So I feel like doing that opened up a whole different avenue. Mm-hmm. And that's something we never did. So people were happy with that. That gave me an opportunity to go visit other places like mm-hmm. Texas too, because mm-hmm. I can put it out there in Texas. And by the way, um, Florida, Texas, I know uh, for myself, even though Lamb of Glass had a name around the country, it's it's easy if you're not paying attention or not going down there to lose market share in those places. And even California, we had lost a bunch of market share. And I remember when e-commerce started up, and and I know, Jose, you're taking this even to a higher extent, but opening up California. I do wanna make um, one quick note here. We talked about the one-piece rods and the GSBs and stuff. Yes. But folks, we're talking rods that are anywhere from eight foot to 11, 12, 13 foot. 13 foot. Yep. These, these people are wanting these really long uh, rods because they're casting big plugs, big jigs, bunch yep. of bait into the ocean. But a lot of these guys do not want a two-piece rod. They don't. And it's just a feel thing. It's a preference thing. Yep. I do think if I were to surf fish all the time, I would love a one-piece rod. But for me, I have a wonderful time with a two-piece. So do I. And you guys have fantastic two-piece surf rods. But for some of these, especially the East Coast, I think. Yeah, I think, they're picky. They're picky. And everywhere 
from those, you know, northeastern striper fishermen down to Florida, it oh, sounds yeah. like. So All Florida, they still want the one-piece They still rights. want the one-piece, one but a lot of them we do. So for a minute, we did the 70-30s, and that's when Sean Curry was working yeah, with us. Yeah, He developed, helped develop the 70-30s. Yeah, he, Sean did some really, really good work updating those uh, surf those surf models. And the 70-30, just for reference, is... 70% of the rod on the top, top half. Hot, yep, and then 30% on your handle. Yeah, so it's not a 50-50 split like most of our salmon and steelhead rods. So I went ahead and I got, by listening to customers that are out there and people, they wanted the 50-50. They just feel it's an even balance versus yeah. a long stick versus the small, you know? Mm. So we went back to that, had Gary and Bob redevelop and go do all this research and development, and they came back with every GSB has a 50-50 now. No way. Yep. So we're able to do a one piece into a 50-50. Gary and Bob have to be some of the most humble yet genius guys there is. You walk out to them. I mean, they don't have a aerospace engineering college degree. No. Yet if you walk out there and ask for a specific graphite, fiberglass, whatever it may be, uh, these guys, they just come back with a, with a solution. <laughs> yeah. And then you say, okay, just a little bit more of this. And they're like, okay, two nope. days later, Done. one day later, boom. Done. Shout out to Gary and Bob. Absolute classic guys. There's, By the way, there's been incredible people at Lamb Glass all through the years. Employees, uh, management, and I'd like to shout out each and every one of them. If you're listening, you know who you are. They all contributed to the legacy. But these days, it is a new Lamb Glass, and the things going on here, I don't think a lot of us Northwesterners know because we kind of focus on the salmon and steelhead. And yes, Lamb Glass has incredible rods for that. But it blows my mind how massive that Great Lakes market is now, the Northeast market, California. Oh, yeah. And now expanding into Florida and Texas. So beyond surf rods um, is the saltwater, I mean, I would think the saltwater boat rods boat have rods. to be massive. Yeah. So I, I was just in Southern Connecticut about two months ago, mm -hmm. and I was out there with Joe Dioro. I went, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, super good guy. Great if you're ever out there, hit him up. Yeah. He's a great, unbelievable guide. Mm -hmm. He took me out and we went for a yellowfin. Cool. And uh, we were trying out some new prototype rods. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was amazing. Like, you would never think how important it is to have saltwater rods on boats. Mm -hmm. And us putting them out there, and you got, you know, Regal Marine, Southern Connecticut, they're all pushing towards that inventory and, yeah. you know, getting those orders in, getting those boats fixed full you know with all their mm -hmm. all their gear and so for me jumping on this boat and seeing lamb glass rods yeah. fully suited it's just like a passion for me that i've worked so hard yeah. and i finally get to see it you know and it's just not one guy there's multiple guides oh, all in yeah. southern connecticut on boats because you can go out and fish on the jetties mm -hmm. go out and fish on the on the sandbars yeah and try to get your own fish but that's you yeah when you're with someone else and you're now on something you've been working for a while. And it went away for a while. Sean would be a good person to talk about. Yeah. We went away from saltwater boat rods. Big time. Because we were focused so much Big on time. GSB, super yeah. serves, night shifts, trying to put in people's hands that don't have boats. Yeah. But there's two ends. There's oh, the people yeah. that have boats and the people that don't have boats. Yep. So Lamb and Glass, we've all united them all as one. Yeah. You can have whatever you want. Yep. You can have a boat rod. You can have a fishing rod that you can go fish on your own. Take your kid with you. Mm -hmm. So seeing that... And a lot of the I've been doing is too is to bring it up and I've been like sponsoring, donating yeah. to the kids that want to learn how to fish, uh, giving them free rods and uh, 
it goes a long ways because mm-hmm. they'll be the first kid that you give that rod to. Mm-hmm. They'll know that you gave them Lama Glass was the first rod they ever had. And they'll have fishing stories from forever. Their youth. Yep. Yes, sir. And they will, yeah. I mean, that's huge. And and not only that, you didn't give them a, a little cheapo no. rod. You gave them a Lama Glass. Yes. Now, uh, I remember working on the Blue Water back with yep. uh, Scott Harris and Tom Posey and such. Uh, we had the Insane Salt. Um, there, uh, the triflexes. Oh yeah! Oh my are, goodness! Yep. Absolutely incredible. I even heard from a commercial rod and reel fisherman yeah. on the East Coast. In, they could use nets, but instead they used triflexes, rod and reels, and got on very specific points and commercially fished with the triflex. And they said that's the only rod that would handle it. They absolutely love those. But you've got has it? Have you come up with any new? Um, saltwater boat models or are you expanding the lineups you already have so we have the so for saltwater we got these new uh tuna rods Mm -hmm. Uh, they're called the rail rods yeah yeah and so we have those those are it's the we have 30 60 80 100 and 130s yeah yeah. that's a series yeah and so those will be out 2024 cool they're being prototyped right now actually they were in san diego Mm -hmm. and then we did some in southern connecticut and uh i'm gonna tell you something man it's something that i've never uh, witness anywhere. I mean, I'm new to this fishery, but yeah. I've gone out with uh, Lucky B, Dan Miles out in San Diego fishing on these big old boats. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and it's, I mean, Boston Whalers. I mean, I've been out and everything. And for me, it's all new, but to see and watch these work and do their job mm-hmm. and knowing that this was all developed here in Woodland, Washington <laughs> it's incredible. is incredible, it right? Is. It's it not is. an import, it's a domestic yeah. rod blank that's being built by gary and bob yeah just by research and development nope that like you said earlier nope add a little bit more power here this Mm -hmm. is too soft or whatever until you get that perfect rod Mm -hmm. then you go and you don't you yourself don't get to try it you get to go and give it to that guide who's going to put 30 40 people on it and say okay get get that information yes you know and there's here's another thing that i've done before that people don't know it's i've gone on a boat with uh, let's just say Brandon Glass. Mm-hmm. I've gone on his boat, and he's got, got other people on their boat, and they don't even know I'm with Lama Glass. And yeah. I'm just incognito, right? Yeah. And I'm on there to see how these rods are working, how mm-hmm. these people are fishing them. Because without a bias of knowing who you're, and I, yeah, the I don't president. want them to know who I am. I yeah. tell Brandon, don't tell them I work for Lama Glass. Because that way they're going to be the most honest about Correct. it. Correct. Instead of just being like, oh, it's great, you know. And that's how I get my research and development, that's right? Good. I get to see, like, Lucas was high sticking it. Or, yeah. You know, Jimmy oh, stepped on was. it. Oh, I probably was. Or Jimmy stepped on it, or, yeah. you know, whatever. But it's just like, you want to know how it's going to, how it's going to work, how it's been treated, mm-hmm. and how it's been put away. Yeah. Well, I remember there was there was things that, you know, to make a change on a rod, on a real seat or whatever, oh, yeah. maybe little changes, they can be a little tough to push through because, you know, you get inventory and, you know, stores are expecting it this way. But I remember going with uh, Tom on specific fishing trips and stuff, and I was out there, you know, on a weekly basis fishing. But when Tom got on the boat and he's fishing with a certain model and he goes... This real seat is too big in my palm. I'm like, yes, yes. Tom, that's what we're saying. That's like, what you want to know. He's like, I'm making a phone call right now. And he... <laughs> he do it yeah, instantly. Yeah. He called and boom, we're switching the real seat. I don't care how many you got in stock, we're Done. switching it. You have to. Yep. Because it's... it's 
people have different feelings, bigger hands, smaller hands, yeah. whatever, right? But you want to be somewhere middle where you're going to satisfy everybody. Yeah, it's yeah. not about satisfying Jose or Lucas. Mm -hmm. Like who are we going to, who are buying them is who you're satisfying for, right? Totally. So real quick, going because you said blue water. Mm -hmm. So as you guys all know, they California shut all their salmon. Yeah. So it gave us an opportunity to go into the saltwater game. Yeah, because then all those salmon anglers were switching. Like we can't, we can't fish salmon. Is it stripers? They got their buddies, their stripers. So it opened up a saltwater. Mm -hmm. It opened up the TFXs. It opened up the TSCs. It opened mm -hmm. up the BWs, the BFCs. Mm -hmm. uh, all saltwater. Yeah. Surf rods, mm -hmm. LCSs, LISs. And we didn't see that in California in, I can tell you, 30 years. Yeah. The amount of rods that have been going on to California. And I'm part of the ASA Summit meeting, and I just got back from uh, their meeting up in Pensacola. That's American Sports Fishing Association. Yes. Okay. And uh, to hear all of them talk about what they want to do and the, the direction they're going, mm -hmm. and they don't think that uh, salmon's going to be open anytime soon in California. Unfortunately, so people yes. are directing themselves to more saltwater. Yeah. And that opens up like the Monterey Peninsula, the Bay Area, mm -hmm. the whole California waterline. Yeah. That's all saltwater stuff. Yeah. So that's good for us. It's good for everybody that's in the industry, right? Totally. Every, there's enough rods for everybody in the world. Th there is. And it is it is sad on the salmon end. It um, is. But as a rod company, you're not going to be able to just walk into the place and, um, and push a button and no. open up salmon fishing. No. So you've got to keep... Uh, providing for the opportunity that Correct. they do have. Correct. And um, and also, I know Lama Glass has been very vocal and active in protecting salmon and steelhead fisheries and protecting opportunity. But at the same time, if something closes down, Lama Glass, it, Lama Glass has a rod for the next fishery right there. And, I mean, the bass rods themselves are some of the most amazing bass rods there are. They're super fun to fish. And uh, I, I love them. Uh, let's talk salmon and steelhead real quick. Yes, sir. Um, you know, so many good rods out there. Yeah, I've fished for years. I mean, even going back to the uh, the Esprits way back, just legendary rods. You know, the XMGs were wonderful. The Infinities, SIs, the Redlines, the yep. G1000 Pro, even the new and improved X11, which is, I think, a big step up, the newer X11s. Um, so many options, so many crazy technique-specific things. Um, what are, are you seeing mostly a salmon type are salmon rods basically doing it these days salmon and then we've got like you know we came out with these new uh spiral wrap salmon steelhead rods oh yeah and some so, people like that yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big fan of them yeah i'm not yet but maybe so i haven't I've tried fished it. it a couple times roger hinchcliffe is a big fan of them yeah and then we're going to come out with these new noodle rods yeah and i'm kind of excited for them i mean it's crazy how flexible and yeah. they almost they're just like a noodle, you know, just move. You can just whack it around all the way. The Great Lakes uh, anglers, when they're fishing that cold water, yes. they have to use, like, literally down to, like, four-pound test on steelhead. Yes. So those noodle rods protect that leader so you can fight a steelhead and not break, break it. it. And so it's big in the Great Lakes. I think around here in the Northwest, there are some people that do it, but it's more for trout and stuff. But those Great Lakes anglers love it. 
They do. Yeah. And so when Roger Hinchcliffe said, hey, you know, the noodle rod. And I said, what the heck is that? Yeah. You know, a noodle rod. And he's like, it's something that, you know, you're going to be using in the Midwest, you know. Mm-hmm. Not so many in the West Coast yet. Yeah, yeah. But I think as you introduce it and people see it, it's almost like a long float rod, right? Mm-hmm. It's super soft. Yeah. And it just gives so much. So It used to actually be many, uh, many years ago, mm-hmm. noodle rods were popular in the Northwest until there started be, being concerns about catch and release on wild fish because it does take longer to fight, to, to fight yep. and bring in a big steelhead on those. So there definitely were people fishing them. Um, now, I mean, the, the like the red line composites and stuff is a 360 flasher rod. Oh, yeah. oh that's amazing. So those rods are incredible. We have those. We have the G, uh, CG90. Uh, and the CG86, yeah. and we just came... That's the battle glass yes, now. Battle it glass used to now. be the classic glass, but has had some updates. Yep, and so we are about to introduce the 10-foot-6 nice. battle glass. Wow. So it's in production right now. I got prototypes with Brandon Glass, and I think his dad, too, has them. Yeah. So they're out there trying them, and the feedback I'm getting from those is just ridiculous. Oh, man. So, so many people love those classic glass, and now... You know, with the battle glass, updating them with the guides and real seats so that they're just a little bit more dependable on the component end. Yep. Because the blinks were always incredible. It's always. It never changed. Yeah. yeah. So all we did was change the color and the components. Yeah. And that's huge. It's that's huge. That's all you need. And it makes a big difference. I like the, I like the battleship gray. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's pretty it's cool. cool. You know, you see them on the boat, you can see it's our rod. Totally. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And then we also, um, about a month ago, we changed the butt handle. And the graphics and did some other and the cork on the G1000 Pros. I want to see that. It's pretty amazing. You know, I was around when the G1000 Pros came out. In fact, I got to be, um, okay, I I, I can't say I designed (laughs) it. It really was Bob and Gary working with a previous... with a previous blank pattern, mm-hmm. but we we worked with the original XMG ten foot eight to fifteen, which is my favorite drift and spoon rod of all time. And we and I came to Bob and Gary with that blank pattern and said, "Hey, could we make this with the new G one thousand Pro graphite and make sure it's a little stronger? Because those were, you know, they were a little more delicate with the XMGs." And so they did, and I got to be kind of responsible for the GP ten MHS and MHC. But those those rods, they the G one thousand Pros came from both the certified Pro and the G one thousand series, right. and took all those classic models that people loved and kind of upgraded and did some new things with them. And those are just quintessential rods, and they they're fantastic. Now, Jose, what you're saying is you did a little bit more updates to them. Yeah, we just wanted to change up a little bit of the handles. Yeah, you had that black. You had that plastic butt cork uh, oh yeah uh, but yeah cap. we changed it into a cork super smooth it's all one one transaction it's oh, all one. okay it doesn't, have, it doesn't have the step up change the graphics on it just to make it look more newer it's like a paint job right yeah. you just add to it uh but it looks great i mean i'm gonna go to check those you. out yeah. right after this it's pretty cool yeah so um jose i know you got things to do thank you for taking time out of uh you're a busy day. I mean, you're a busy guy nonstop. You're first one to the office, last one to leave unless you're on a plane or heading out to do something else. And I appreciate what you're doing for Lama Glass together with Roger and everyone else here. Um, it's a wonderful brand. I mean, it's amazing to see such good sales and um, so many rods going out jet beyond the Northwest to these other places. That's what I always knew and loved is that Lama Glass 
can do it all. Can I say one thing real quick? You absolutely. So November 11th, mm-hmm. we did it last year. It was a Veterans Day. Yeah. I'm doing it again. Yeah. So it's free rods for all the veterans. No way. Yes, sir. Starts at 9 in the morning. We're going to have hot dogs, hamburgers. Breakfast is going to be donuts. and Here at the Lamb and Glass yes, Factory? Yes, at the Lamb and Glass Factory. No way. We did it last year. We gave out 271 rods last year. What in the world? Yeah. Okay, this is this is insane, guys. Um, did you hear that? What day? Uh, November 11th. It's on a Friday. It's Veterans Day. Perfect. So we want to honor the, the people that gave us what we are today Yeah. and uh, fought for us. And only one way to do it is return is give them a rod and have them enjoy it. I did it last year. I gave away 271. They came in. They had coffee, donuts, lunch, depending on when they came. I'm going to do it again. Uh, it's going to be fun. We get to talk to these people. People tell you stories and stuff. So just to hear of everything that they've gone through and why they fish with Lama Glass. And they're not just here for a free rod. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, fishing is everything. And there's so many veterans that it's been therapeutic for, yes. you know, with what they've gone through. That's incredible. So you heard it here on the Salmon Trout Steel Lighter Podcast. Uh, if you guys get a chance, go check out lamaglass.com. Go check out their social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, and, and just see what they're doing on the rod end and just all the amazing products. And then November 11th, Veterans Day, what Jose just told you is an incredible opportunity. So, nine to three. Nine to three. Yep. And then okay. on every on the hour, every hour. A domestic rod would be raffled out for every veteran that comes in. No way. Yes, sir. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jose. Thank you to Salmon Trout Steelheader. You know, Lamb Glass and STS have been working together for decades. And we'll continue. Absolutely. We love it. Thank you, Lucas. Appreciate you. Absolutely. All right. Let's go fish soon in our secret bass spot, okay? Oh, yeah. All right. Can't wait. All right. Goodbye.